In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. During the end of the Coptic calendar, the Church focuses all the readings on the end, the end of times. And as beautiful, you know, one of the most beautiful things about the Coptic Church, the Coptic Orthodox Church, is that every single thing during the year every single event that happens every single movement that is made in the church has a meaning behind it to remind us and just like we are approaching the end of the coptic year the church is reminding us and christ is reminding us that we should always be ready the reason these readings are in the uh, like the readings of the year and they're in the liturgies and things like that it's not for us to speculate and to try to guess when the end time is it's not like a competition where christ says no one knows the time it's like all right you know what challenge accepted i'm going to try to find out what the time is but actually it's a calling for us to be ready this idea of being ready and we see this in all the readings and you will see it uh in the next couple of weeks until the coptic new year that all the readings are going to be very similar talking about similar events and um, about even the focus itself is about, you know, what can I give account for through this year that, that we just had? One of the most beautiful things that I remember one time at St. Mary, uh, we had the blessing of Emba Yusuf in servants meeting, and it was towards the, it was actually like the beginning of the Coptic year. And he said as servants, who is ready to give account for this last year? What can we, if, if God was to ask us, what is the, you know, give account on the things you have, you know, uh, your servant, your service, your stewardship. What do you have to say? Would you be ready to give account or not? And actually this applies to all of us, that at this time, whenever we come to a conclusion of a year, a conclusion of anything, always review yourself and think, would I be able to give a good account for this or not? Today, also in the Matins, for those who are here, you realize that the gospel was about the resurrection, which is another reminder for us that the end does not mean like an ending and that's it. The end. It's an ending, uh, the end of everything, and it's something that is sad. But actually, the end is a resurrection, which is a new beginning, a glorious beginning, a glorious eternity with Christ forever in heaven. And so it's very symbolic and very poetic that we start with the reminder that uh, that the end is a resurrection and then the details of how to be ready, right? Um, and if you notice, like for this entire weekend, the theme has been be ready, how to offer a repentance, how to be ready to give an account. And today we actually read about, <coughs> in the Sinek Sar, about one of the biggest examples of repentance in the, in the entire, in the entire like, Coptic tradition and in the entire Coptic history, which is St. Augustine. And we truly see how yeah, many, many, uh, many common things that we see from today's day and age, even though St. Augustine was from over a thousand years ago. But we see truly how the things that made him fall are the same things that we have in front of us today and, and in front of our kids, in front of our youth, that, good, you know, that bad company corrupts good manners, right? And... This brings me to the point that I really want to talk to you about today, which is how to be ready, right? And the first part of being ready is actually knowing what are the threats that are around me. 
what am I surrounded by? If I am trying to strive in my life to be ready, to be able to give an account some t- at any time that I don't even know when it is, nobody knows, right? And I'm trying to do my best to make things right with God. I have to be careful what my surroundings are. What am I filling myself with, right? Because even somebody who is like St. Augustine, whose parents have been teaching them in the church all childhood, all their life, right, can get corrupted. And we see this is very common, right? We have usually people in the church from the time they're children until, مثلاً, um middle school, high school, and then by college, you know, a lot of the youth, they'll travel, they'll go, they'll go out to different cities and things like that, and they start to fall away, right? It's a very common trend, very, very common, and we can't pretend like it doesn't exist. And this is the same thing that happened with St. Augustine. Does this mean that we don't go study if there is a program in Sharfi? That's not what I'm saying. But the important thing is, when I am put in a new environment, how is my life like? What are my priorities? Is my priority when I move somewhere, whether it's for college or for school, whatever the case may be, or when I'm in a new environment, is my goal my social life? Is my goal just to make sure work is going great? Is it just making new friends? A lot of the times we hear yani, people leave the part of the city that they're in or the church they're in and go to another church for the fresh start as if the wars are going to go away. This is not how it works. Surrounding myself with the right people and with the right priorities in my mind will help me filter. So it starts with the priorities that are in my mind, in my heart. What are my priorities? And the right set of priorities should be, number one, my spiritual life. If, if we are being warned about getting ready, right? Think about this in a, if you have a sports competition or you have a, a big gathering at your house or something and you know that you have to get ready, right? And if you just live your life without getting ready, if you just live your life as if it's okay, I, I still have a chance and procrastinating, what ends up happening, right? For us, for those who come from an Egyptian background with food, it's not a problem. We have a million solutions for food. But with the sports example, if we have a sports competition in a month and I'm not doing anything to be ready for it, I'm not working out, I'm not going to the gym, I'm not training with my team, what ends up happening? What ends up happening is that we end up failing. No matter how much I think that I have a chance because I had a skill before, it doesn't work. And it's the same thing with my spiritual life. With my spiritual life, I have to take my spiritual canon seriously. My prayers, my daily prayers. Am I praying just just, just cause? You know, I, Abuna told me to pray and I want to be able to check it off my list when I go confess next time. Or am I praying because I feel like I need God in my life? Confession is the same thing. We see here in the story of St. Augustine, he didn't just go confess right away and that's it. His mom didn't pressure him to confess. His mom pressured him to repent. St. Ambrose pressured him or through his teachings, pressured him to repent, to give, to first be accountable to himself. This is how confession is supposed to be, right? And so the more that I think about these things, whenever I get an opportunity in a different place, in a different city, or whenever I'm put in a new environment, or I see something new in front of me, if my priorities are in the correct place, if my spiritual life is my priority, then I'm going to decide accordingly. And this is how we know if somebody is truly striving to be ready or not. When we have times of our life where we fall, how we get up determines if truly in our hearts we are trying and striving to be ready or not. 
The second thing when it comes to being ready is how to offer repentance. How to offer repentance. So as we said, that confession is not about just saying uh, some sins and sitting there like, okay, I did this and this and this and, and that's it. This idea of accountability. Do I feel accountable? Do I feel like I have done wrong? Do I feel like truly when I commit a sin that it is driving a distance between me and God? Or do I just feel like, you know, God's merciful. One day I'll repent, you know, I'll go confess next Vespers or whatever the case may be. The idea of keeping myself accountable. If this world had accountability, if, if this world had a, you know, a high percentage of accountability, it would be completely different. That's why the devil today when he fights, if you notice all the wars around us, it's a war of people not want, like of rebelling against accountability. The fact when I have something that, you know, if there's something that is considered or was considered for a very long time, up to the 80s, for example, as something that is a psychological illness. Today, I don't want to feel like I have an illness, right? So I can identify as whatever I want to be. The second thing is when it comes to any of the laws where, like, for example, whether, whether, it's, uh, yani, whether it's abortion or anything that we see around us today, right? The whole war here is a war of accountability. The war of accountability. I don't want to be accountable if I make a mistake and I end up that, that I have to be accountable in front of society for this mistake, whatever the case may be. And this happens with many things. We see this with, with even on a micro level at home. When somebody makes a mistake, how many of us are ready to say I'm sorry? How many of us, when we're at home, we're ready to, uh, to apologize when we make a mistake? Or are we just stubborn? Right? This is something we have to think of. And this is why the devil fights with us. Because the, the, the more we don't keep ourselves accountable, and the more that we refuse to have, yani, to see ourselves as sinners that are in need of repentance, the more that there will be separation. The ultimate goal for the devil is separation, scattering. As we read in the gospel about all the signs and all the false teachings, what is the, the point of all of this? The point is that the devil wants and will continue fighting until the day that Christ comes back and puts him in hell. That the devil will continue trying to separate. He will continue try, trying to scatter. Even from like everything on a macro level to a micro level. You look at, for example, in the world, like we said in society, about all the, the teachings that are happening, the wrong teachings around us. And then you look on a micro scale. If you look in just the United States alone in 2018, there was a statistic that in the United States alone, there's over 10,000 Protestant denominations, right? Now, of course, I'm not saying anything against anyone, but the fact that every time that there's a disagreement, we separate, we separate, we separate, we separate, and then there's thousands of teachings out there. What does this do? Think to yourself, when somebody wants to learn about Christianity, how hard is it to get the truth? Thank God we're all here and we, we see the truth. But how hard is it when you have one denomination versus 10,000 to choose from and everybody's telling you something different? This is, what the, this is the devil's work. This is how the devil fights. This is how the devil wants to scatter. Because the more we're distracted and we can't find the truth, the more that he knows he's burning down the clock and the chance for him getting as many people are higher. So we have to be awake. And the third and final point is how can I be ready in my service? Because keeping my prayer 
and keeping my, my repentance, the third step is always going to be service. Just because we're not serving in Sunday school or we don't know how to say a sermon or we're not deacons or whatever, it doesn't mean that we're not, we're, we're not called to serve. Every single person here today is called to serve God in one way or another. We're all called to serve. We all have a calling. Everything from just attending the church with respect and standing in my spot with respect to cleaning the church, to calling someone who didn't come today, to checking on those who are sick, to comforting someone who lost a loved one, to congratulating somebody who had a, a major step in their life. All of these are a way of service. And the most important way, actually, to serve today in today's world is not by, by word. What I'm doing up here today is not what changes people's lives. But what does, you know what it is? What changes people's lives are actions. It's actions. It's how I live my life. It's how I show my Christianity, not what I talk about. You can read all the books in the world, but if we don't live the Christian life, no one is going to believe you. This is what happens. So how I live my life today is very, very important. Do I keep the traditions of the church? Do I keep the fasts? Do I keep my life pure? Or do I have a different face when I walk out of the church? We see in the story of St. Augustine that when he started living this wrong life, by the way, all it took was a step of just listening to some of his friends, as the cynics are said, that some, some friends that, didn't, that were up to no good. Just walking into this trap will start transforming my life the wrong way. And so it's very important that I live my life in a Christian way, a way that is in the fear of God, even when I'm outside, especially when I'm outside the church. And by the way, the way the devil will fight in this aspect, when it comes to any kind of negative habit, he won't come and tell you, come and commit sin. Actually, he will, he will, he will let you do an action, whatever it is, and will make it harmless. Nothing bad will come out of it. Something sinful, but nothing bad. Like, it will go by great. Just so that you can come back and do it again and again, right? And then... Eventually, what ends up happening is that you're trapped. It becomes a habit. And, and once something becomes a habit, it's very hard to change. So you have to be very aware. Don't compromise. You know, we should never compromise our Christian values. We should never compromise our beliefs. Right? If we say that we have to live a pure life, we strive for purity. And if I fall, I go back to point number two, which is repentance. Be accountable. Be accountable. Sit down. Write down the things that we've done wrong and then go confess to Abuna. And if we truly live the Christian life throughout our days, things will be smooth even through tribulations. We can look at all the events that are written in the gospel as events of like, like the apocalyptic events, as we say, of uh, destruction and things like that. And we see how the world around us portrays the end of the world right like i think uh, and every few years somebody comes out and says oh the world is going to end at some point right i think at some point it was 2000 then 2012 then 2020 Did, when is the next time the world is ending does anybody know we don't we don't have a date yet okay okay right so people start focusing on these things and we look at we look at like the the end of the world and things like this the world looks at it as a thing to freak out about and always even if you notice any any kind of like the way the media portrays the end of the world or, or movies or something like that, as if it's like destruction, everybody dies and things like that.
to take us away from 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 like the actual you know truth which is these signs god allows for us to see these signs in order for us to be ready whether we see the second coming or not the end for us is going to be when we stand before god everybody's going to go through that whether it is first through that i i'm in the grave or whether it is i see the second coming we are we're all, we are all going to stand before god and we're all going to give an account it's very important to to be aware of this and the church out of all its wisdom this is why it always reminds us and has a whole kind of season for it towards the end of the coptic year because of anything right it wants to remind us the church wants to remind us at the end of the every coptic year that going into the new year that we should start with purity we should start with making a change just like when we have on january 1st we have the new year resolution i'm gonna lose uh, 20 pounds this year I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna yell at my wife as easy i'm gonna listen to my whatever the the case may be we have all these resolutions right all these resolutions and then we, we you know a lot of us don't yani we say we're gonna lose 20 pounds and we gain 40 but it's okay right like let's actually you know when it comes to this, at the end of the Coptic year, I challenge everybody to actually make a resolution with God, right? Meaning that, number one, if, if I'm not praying, that I should actually ask my father of confession for a spiritual canon. If there's somebody that is upset from me or I'm upset from someone, that I should go make it right. Even if they, they don't... Yani, they, they don't feel like they've done anything and all this, go and be, take the first step. I challenge you to make these kind of resolution. A resolution means a solution, by the way. It doesn't mean promise. A resolution means a solution. So I challenge you to find solutions to all of our spiritual weaknesses that can hinder us from seeing the clear image and being ready for, for the time that we don't know when it is when we're going to stand before God. This is the point of having this there. Just like we have other seasons such as fasting, the great fast, such as nativity, such as the holy 50 days. This season towards the end of the Coptic year is just as important because it reminds us, take everything that we've taken in the Coptic year and apply it in your life. Make things right with God. May God give us a, a blessed repentance and a blessed ending to a beautiful Coptic year and bless all of our lives and keep us always in his protection. May and glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.